Jane is an all-in-one practice management software that offers a fully integrated payment solution called Jane Payments. Although the world of payment processing can be complex, Jane Payments was built to help make things as simple as possible to help you get paid. And it's easy to get started. Here's how. Head to jane.app payments to book a one-on-one -on -one demo with a member of Jane's support team. This can give you a better sense of how Jane Payments can integrate with your practice by seeing some popular features in action. If you know you're ready to get started, you can sign up for Jane, use the code wellness1mo for a one-month grace period while you settle in. Once you're in your new Jane account, you can flip the switch on for Jane Payments at any time, ideally as soon as you get started so you can take advantage of Jane's time and money saving features. It only takes a few minutes and you can start processing online payments right away. Jane's promise to you is transparent rates and unlimited support from a team that cares. As health and wellness providers, we know that better patient outcomes require a whole person, multidisciplinary approach that we just can't provide on our own. That's why I've started the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I'll be bringing you interviews with experts, tips, tricks, secrets, resources, systems, and solutions so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And creating your wellness center won't feel like starting over. Welcome back, everyone, to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest joining us, Robin Valadares, an unconventional financial literacy educator and a healthcare professional just like you. Robin is a physiotherapist who, despite following the traditional route of education, realized the importance of financial education for health professionals like ourselves. In this episode, Robin will share his personal journey from his initial drive to pursue physiotherapy to navigating the challenges of traditional education. We'll delve into his passion for financial literacy and how it impacted his early career. Robin will also discuss the gaps he sees in the physio rehab space regarding these topics and the common learning gaps he observes among students and new grads. But it doesn't stop there. Robin will shed light on the biggest hurdles people face when trying to take control of their own financial literacy and share his own experiences in diversifying and investing to generate wealth beyond physiotherapy income. And if you're wondering how you can learn from Robin or work with him, we will provide that as we go along. So sit back, relax, and get ready to gain some valuable insights. Robin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kendall, for the opportunity to speak to your audience and your community. I'm quite excited to do so. <laughs> and so the audience knows we we know each other. We've met before. We're both Jane App ambassadors and big fans of Jane. So uh, we're super excited to chat with everyone today. Robin, let's start with your journey, your story. What initially drew you to physiotherapy? Yes, I always wanted to pursue something with medicine and healthcare because I enjoyed to help people. And after completing your undergrad degree, your next logical step is like, hey, what else can I do with this degree? And then the master's physiotherapy program was the, the logical step. And that's okay. I love healthcare. I have the ability to flex with my time being a physiotherapist because you work mainly as a sole proprietor or self-employed individual. So you can set your schedule. You have that flexibility. At the same time, you tend to work with people who are motivated to get better, which is an enticing aspect for me when I started the career. 
since then, I've been practicing 11 years, and I've been kind of situated in the same geographic era that I graduated school in Southern Ontario. Great. So how did your experiences in school for physiotherapy shape your mindset and approach to traditional education? Fortunately for me, I attended McMaster University um, in Southern Ontario, and their type of learning was very much problem-based. So we had maybe 15 hours of class a week relative to undergrad, where it was 30 to 40 to 50. So we were told to kind of learn the information on yourself and very much motivated to uh, seek out um, self-direction in terms of education. So I was fortunate that because it gave me the flexibility of my time. I can do the work on a given Monday, finish it, and then have the rest of the week kind of to myself. So that was my traditional education. But it really shaped me to think conventionally for the most part. They really tell you what you need to know. Um, It doesn't really pursue maybe more than one answer in multiple choice. You can only have one answer, right? Whereas life, there's many answers that could be correct. So uh, there's a good and bad with that traditional education. Absolutely. So then what sparked your passion for financial literacy? And when we think about kind of the impact on your early career, because, you know, we're all healthcare providers who are listeners on the podcast and business owners, and this is typically not part of the education. So what sparked your passion? You're 100% correct there. Uh, It was my last unit when I was about to finish and graduate. My preceptor at the time, the clinical instructor, Margaret, she asked me, she said, Robin, this is a very profound question. And I didn't know it, but I know it now. She said, look around you and think about the number of people you know who are actively practicing over the age of 50, 55, or 60 in a clinical setting. And through my volunteering and other um, roles as um, a student, I couldn't think of more than three or four. So I knew that if they weren't practicing over the age of 50, maybe like our counterparts who are lawyers, physicians, accountants, how do they earn an income? So our ability to earn income traditionally as a physiotherapist, at least in my role, is finite. We work with people on a daily basis with their hands, mind, body. We can only do that for so long before we, quote unquote, take a beating. So I had to understand how money works so I can pursue things that really uh, light me up when I do make that transition out of therapy because I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you're on the same lineup as any physical providers, right? That are doing physical work, massage therapists, even, you know, doctors and, and lots of us in alternative healthcare, I think are, we have a toll in other ways, right? So for therapists, it's more emotional toll. And, and there's lots of these layers that make it so that we probably can't do this work in the same way for that long. Right. So let's talk about the transition point, though. What motivated you to really jump into the financial realm and empower others and start teaching on this and coaching other providers? I knew it was a huge shortcoming. And for me, I I found financial investing when I was in my early 20s. And I would go to cocktail parties, quote unquote, or talk to my friends. And I always bring this information up. And whether it's doctors, lawyers, accountants, or other healthcare professionals, no one really got taught this in their undergrad. Even if you had a business degree, you're getting taught basic economics or modern monetary theory. These, these high competence that aren't very practical. No one really tells you how to pay your student debt out, what a mortgage is, what a term or amortization. These simple concepts, basically adulting 101, you tend to learn it through the 20s and 30s where you graduate school, you look for your first job, you might want to get married, you might want to buy your first home, you might have to pay down student loan debt. And this happens in the first decade after you graduate. But that's a challenging aspect because there's so much on your plate. If you don't understand the basics of a financial house, how do you build on that? Yeah. So what are the common gaps that you see in the physio rehab space or healthcare providers in general when it comes to 
just kind of financial education, lack of financial education, and where providers are getting stuck because of that lack of knowledge. I think one big lack of knowledge is understand the basics. People assume that it's going to work out in the end for the most part, and they push off this planning to later on in life, whether it's their 30s or 40s. They say, oh, this is not the right time. I'll wait till later and I'll address it. Or the other big aspect is they don't understand the basics. They entrust it to individuals who may not have their best interests at heart. And there you have that opportunity cost where it's not the same alignment or the vision or the goals because they say it's too busy for me. I don't want to learn about it. I'll just pass it off to X, Y, and Z person. Yes. That's what I see most often is clinic owners, healthcare providers, they, you know, we all get to a point where it's like, okay, we have to deal with it, right? We have to deal with money. And then what I see happening is, okay, I don't want to deal with that. So I'm going to pass it to someone else who's an expert or a professional and they're going to help me. But if we don't know enough ourselves, then it's really easy to get in a cycle that is not helpful to the business and can be very hurtful to the business. Would you agree? I completely agree. It, it's it's all too easy to bypass it because you don't understand it. And I think we do it in many things, just not finances as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think the biggest hurdle is for providers when they're trying to, they get to the point now they're trying to take control of their finances. They're trying to learn more. What do you think the biggest hurdle is for them? I think there's, with our jargon, there's a lot of complexity to the words we use in finance, very similar to the medical field. We have certain Latin terms and then finance are certain basic terms that seem confusing. And But now in this day and age, there's a lot of different mediums, whether it's something called Investopedia, which is the Wikipedia of finance, that really distills these complex concepts into kind of manageable bite-sized chunks, or using YouTube or newsletters or social media like Instagram or TikTok. There's a lot of financial information out there. I think the hurdle is understanding the basics and then finding someone you resonate with, you know, you like or trust that you want to emulate and kind of follow their vision or at least the basics so then you can make your own well-informed decisions. Do you have maybe like a top three or top five kind of tips or the common terms, common concepts that if you could, you know, have every physiotherapist coming out of school, starting their practice or any new provider starting their practice? What are those main things that you would want people to know about? I would love people to know where their money is going, both on where it's coming in and how much is going out. So at the end of the month, you can say, hey, I'm in a surplus of $1,000. Therefore, I paid off my loans. I have this debt. I have $1,000. Now I can invest it. Most people will live paycheck to paycheck and not understanding how much they make in in terms of also diluted when taxes are taken away. That's something being a self-employed individual you have to account for, especially at the end of the year, as well as they don't account for the minimal expenses that may add up over the course of a month or a year. Your Starbucks coffee, your eating out of Dunkin' Donuts, your dues, your subscriptions, all these additive things that add up. So at the end of the month, you're like, uh-oh, I don't know if I'm net negative, positive, or neutral. So how do you invest or plan for the future when you don't know the basics like that? Yeah. I wonder what some of your favorite programs are, you know, like I think a lot of new providers go towards, okay, I need to use QuickBooks or I need to use this thing I've heard about. What would you recommend? The way I started is using a basic Excel spreadsheet. Um, You don't have to be anything too complex. You just know what your income is. And then you have these items. You can say, I'm going to track this on a monthly basis. If that's too challenging, you don't like the manual process, you can link up to automated software now, whether it's a mint.com 
or you need a budget.com. You can just uh, sync up, let's say, your Chase card to it. It'll see the itemized transactions and categorize it. So you know that at the month you spend $100 on food and drink. So that's pretty streamlined. And I use, use that or the manual. It's always painful when you have to write certain things down that you know you spent on. You're like, uh-oh, I'm going to think about this again because I'm actually physically writing this down versus being automated at the month. And you see your, your statement, you're like, ah, forgot about that. I spent that. I didn't know that. I forgot about that. I did that. I made that choice. It's like a food journal, you know? Okay, there you go. You, if you write it down, it's it creates more accountability, right? And you're seeing, okay, Correct. this is this is what I'm choosing to do. Oh, I was going to ask if you could recommend one or two professionals for new providers to work with in the realm of finances, right? Would you say, okay, it's a CPA or a bookkeeper or, you know, I always recommend having a separate business banking account, checking account, savings account, credit card. It's much easier to track. I'm curious your thoughts on that as well. Fully agree. Keep things separate. Is this cleaner at the end of the month of the year when you do hand it over to a bookkeeper or an accountant? I very much rely on my accountant and have been for many years to really kind of plan for a uh, year on year as well as kind of do the nitty gritty things that I am not very well competent or versed on. So accountant and a bookkeeper are definitely a must uh, for me. Mm-hmm. And how does your approach to financial management differ, do you think, from others in your field or even other you know coaches in this realm too? What I try to do, I think most people try to do this, um, and it really depends on the approach, is make things simple, simple but also um, and put in a way where people can grasp it. My, my goal and my drive is having the choice of wanting to work versus needing to work. Because I like what I do. I think most of us who've listened to this podcast enjoy what they do. But if they're given the choice to do it, they would say, okay, maybe I'll do it on one day. And the next day I might spend with my family or go traveling or maybe start working on a food journal, whatever it is. But you have that choice. And that's the drive for me. And I try to, I try to keep it as simple as possible, understand the basics, but at the same time, provide people options. You might not resonate with my vision, but I can give you many people that I follow or have learned from, and you can follow them in that respect. But I think the, the physiotherapy, the rehab space, especially as a sole proprietor or individual business, I try to go up from that angle because no one really teaches you how to manage your own business. Many people go into business assuming they're good business owners when they're good skilled technicians and not business owners because it's an entirely different beast being a business mm-hmm. owner, as you probably know full well. Yeah. I mean, it's a completely different skill set. <laughs> but most mm-hmm. of us enter into it because we love what we do and we're, you know, we have the clinical piece down. So that's why... I'm just so encouraged by people like you in the field who go to take it a different on a different path and say, okay, this piece is really important for other providers to be successful. So I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. I'm curious how people can learn from you or work with you in order to really get started in improving their financial education and get to that place of wanting to work, choosing to work instead of needing to work. Yeah, thank you. I'm kind of an oddball. I learn well in different uh, kind of different mediums, shall we say. So sometimes I'm very visual. Other times I love listening to podcasts, especially when I'm working out or going for walks. And then sometimes just like reading and seeing things uh, versus like, actually watching things. So I've developed my course and my structure kind of kind of three ways. I have online courses that you can learn asynchronously at your own uh, leisure, or live courses where you can interact with me and with as well as your peers 
where we can talk one-on-one and I can present, uh, let's say, on a PowerPoint presentation. And lastly, some more complex situations might be a little more intimate in terms of the setting. And then I had the one-on-one coaching where I, I will speak to you and we'll go through your objectives and your goals and I'll do my best to help you. If I can't help you, I'll refer to you someone who I know that may be able to help you. So I think by those three mediums, I can ca- capture most people's learning styles. Mm-hmm. Sounds amazing. And you also have a giveaway for our listeners? Yes. I have about three giveaways, but they're all uh, depends what resonates with the, the audience. Uh, on okay. my website, you'll find my my glossary, which breaks down those basic financial terms so you can understand them, including a spreadsheet, about five different links to a spreadsheet on whether it's your asset list, your personal finance budget, your um, physiotherapy kind of budget, as well as a return on time spreadsheet, which I think is a valuable concept. And then the second giveaway would be recession survival guide. Everybody's been talking about the upcoming recession. And I show people what I've been doing right now to plan for unexpected circumstances. So you want to make sure you have an emergency fund and having cash on hand. So I had that survival guide. And lastly, I think what I do often is I read, especially in the mornings, I provided a, a 16 book resource of my favorite reads in the last 10 years. Some are financial, some are personal growth, some are just fun books in terms of pursuing extra knowledge in the field. So I had that as well on the website. So you can choose one of three, all three is all yours, whatever people want to learn. Amazing. That sounds like really valuable resources. And could you tell everyone your website? Yes, thank you. It is uh, www.financiallyfulfilledphysio. Physio is at the P. Everything else is with the F. I'll try to do some alliteration there, but keep the keep the P there. Dot com. Nice. Dot com. Okay. Wonderful. And for those, I meant to say it in the beginning, but for our U.S. listeners, physiotherapist is the term in Canada. And in the U.S., we say physical therapist. So just to give some context to what Robin does as a provider, Robin, it's absolute pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Kendall. Thank you very much for paying attention and listening. Thanks so much for listening to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please visit our website at wellnesscentercreators.com for more show notes and additional episodes. Plus, if you do have time, please subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing the show. That will help other people find us. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time on the Wellness Center Creators Podcast.